Well, I don't know if you heard about the uh, pastor. He had a horse for sale, and a cowboy came and said, uh, I'd like to look at your horse and purchase it. And he said, sure. He goes, but you have to understand, if you buy this, it's a Christian horse. It only knows Christian terms. He goes, well, I'm a Christian too, so I should be fine. He goes, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, he says, uh, if you want this horse to go, you have to say praise the Lord. And if you want him to stop, you have to say amen. He goes, well, okay, I think I can do that. He bought the horse and got on. He goes, uh, what was that again? He says, say praise the Lord. He goes, praise the Lord. And the horse started walking. He said a little bit louder, praise the Lord. Started trotting. Praise the Lord. That thing took off. I mean, it took off so fast you could hardly believe how fast he was going. It jumped over fence, down through the pasture. He couldn't remember how to stop this thing. He saw a cliff coming towards the front. He was going ahead of him. He goes, oh, how am I? I can't remember what he said. What did he say? What did he say? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nothing was happening. Finally, on the edge of that cliff, he remembered, amen. And that horse just stopped on a dime right on the very edge of that cliff. He looked down. He couldn't believe what he was. He almost lost his life. He took his hat off, wiped his brow, and said, Phew, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, we'll meet him in heaven one day. It'll be a great reunion. Well, how many here would agree that in life things are a process? Many things we experience as a result of a process. We grow our food and we harvest the food, and we prepare the food, and then we cook the food, and then we eat the food, and, 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 and there's things other than that. You, you, you go through the process of things. You don't just, you know, blink an eye and wiggle your nose, and there's a car. You have to, there's a process of making a car. There's a process of building a house. There's a process of building a relationship, a process of building a marriage. There's, it's all about a process in life. And I, I, I just need to remind you this morning as we're going to jump into a little message that things in life sometimes take a little time. I was, went back and did some research and, and I, I looked at some pictures of uh, some places that took a little time to, uh, to create or to build or to make. Because we too are in process. And uh, so I found this um, cathedral called the Sagrada Familia Cathedral. It's in Spain. And uh, it was built, it began in 1882. And they're expecting to finish it in 2026. It's still not finished completely. It's still in process. Beautiful cathedral. Then I, I, I saw the Leaning Tower of Pisa. A lot of you uh, recognize that. What a what a failure! But that has taken hundred. That took 199 years to build. Can you imagine working on something knowing that it's not going to be done in your lifetime? That's that's crazy. And then the York Minster Cathedral. 252 years. I mean, that's like like the existence of our country almost. I'm just. Imagine you're starting something and over several gener many generations they're still working on this cathedral. And then the, they call it the Chichen Itza, which is in South America and very famous. It took over 400 years to build. 400 years to build this, this uh, 
and we really don't even know what it was. We, they, whatever. Uh, I'm not even going to try to figure it out. But and then Petra. Some of you have seen these pictures oh, out in the uh, desert of Jordan. It holds 20,000 people inside of it, believe it or not. They don't even really know how they built such a thing and carved it out in, in, with tools that they didn't even have uh, in existence at that time. But it took 850 years. 850 years, almost a century, to build this, um, this, this monument there in, in Petra. And then the last thing I want to show you, this is the Great Wall of China. 2,000 years it took to build this Great Wall of China. 2,000 years to build. That's crazy. How many, know, how, many, how many know some things in life just take a little process? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a work in progress. Come on, just go ahead and tell him. Just have a little patience with me. I'm a work in progress. Now, now, most of us here went through this hurricane last year called Sally, and, and, and some of you made it well through it and nothing really happened, and others of you, uh, me included, received a little bit of damage. And so, you know, I thought, okay, We'll just, um, we'll just fix it. That's, that's not a problem. And then what it was six months later, you know, we were just finally, you know, putting the finishing, finishing touches on the repairs. And I thought to myself, I didn't realize it took something so long to fix. I didn't realize that like, we, we live off County Road 12. And uh, they said, we're going we're gonna to expand and enlarge your... Um, your street. And uh, I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. You know, in a few months, we'll have a brand new wide street. And two years later, they're still, they were still working on the street. I'm thinking, holy moly, what is up with this? You know, this is crazy. And so I went down the list. I'm, so, so this was just our house, right? This was the process, you know, and all of you probably can relate. So we, okay, we got to remove, we got to replace the walls. The walls were damaged from this, from the storm. So we removed the furniture, and then we removed uh, the, 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 uh, the floor, and then we removed the drywall, and then we removed the insulation that was behind the drywall, and then we treated it all for mold and got that all taken care of, and, and, and that was just, you know, that was just to, 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 to take care of the damage. Now, now we're starting to do something else. So what do we do? We put sheetrock on the walls. Then we're taping the walls. Then we're mudding the walls. Then we're sanding the walls. Don't you love the sanding process? Somebody say amen. And then we, then, then we texture the mud. And then we prime the walls. And then we cut and install baseboard and the trim. Then we putty the baseboards and fill the cracks. And we paint the walls and we paint the baseboard. We install wall outlets. We install new floor. And we put the furniture back in. That was exhausting. It was exhausting just talking about it. I'm having a flashback right now. I've learned, and you've learned as well, that things in life that you really love to appreciate take process. There's a process involved. It just doesn't happen overnight. We're going to delve into this topic this morning, a process, and, and I'm going to talk to you about what happens, the good things that happen to you when you commit yourself to God's process. I, I, I have for you this morning some, some clay 
pots and pans and dishes and all sorts of you know things here and and they're all made of clay and beautiful things here and i i want to talk about um about an image that jeremiah came up with now now in the bible many times in order to convey a message god would use images in the book of Amos, he talked about a, a bowl of fruit. And he, he said, you know, just like this bowl of fruit, your time is ripe. And, and then Jeremiah, in another passage, he would talk about a pot of boiling water and how, you know, you're the, you're, as a nation, you know, you've come to the boiling point now. Now things are going to change. Jesus himself would talk about parables, and many of you are familiar with the parable of the sowers, and the seed being thrown in four different types of soil, and each one represented a heart of man. Jesus talked about the shepherd going out after the one sheep and leaving the 99, communicating his love for, for people and God's love for us. He talked about a lamp and said you don't put a lamp underneath a, a basket. You, you, and the lamp speaks of you know, the message of good news and of the kingdom. And, 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 and he's preaching this message using this imagery and talks about an eagle and goes on and talks. And, and even the book of Revelation, John picks it up, the last book of the Bible, and he starts talking about a crystal sea. A crystal sea, that doesn't even make sense. A crystal sea, or he talked about a transparent gold, you know, walking on, you know, streets of gold or whatever that they're transparent. What, that, what does that even look like? And, but this imagery of beauty. And so, so Jeremiah, in his book, he, he gives this imagery, and we're going to read it. It's found in the book of eight, uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, and, and God has a little conversation with him, and he and he, and he wants to talk to him a little bit. And we're going to just jump into that. Chapter 18 of Jeremiah. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. Let me just stop there for a second. Sometimes you have to know that, that, that God wants to speak to you. And, and, and he'll speak to you in many different ways. He'll speak to you perhaps even this morning, as we're just talking. He may speak to you through a song, even as we were singing. He may speak to you through, um, through a passage of Scripture that you read. He may speak to you through a visitation to a potter's house. There's all sorts of ways God will speak, but you have to be listening. He says, I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to speak to you, and I'm going to give you a message, but you have to go over there and if you keep your eyes open, stay alert, I'm going to talk to you. So he goes to the potter's house, and there he gets this message. So he went to the potter's house. He saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. And so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. And then the word of the Lord came to me. Then the word of the Lord, he saw this picture, and then the word came to him. Can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're just a lump of clay. That's all you are, just a lump of clay. You thought you were really somebody, but when it comes down to it, you just dust. You're just a lump of clay. We'll talk about that 
in a minute. But the backdrop of this message is it, it was written to, it, Jeremiah had this little, um, little scene 2,600 years ago. It would be 600 years before Christ was born. Jeremiah was one of the main voices, prophets of the time in the Old Testament. And he warns for about 20 years, Jerusalem, of this upcoming fall of Babylon that was about to come. And so God sends him to this potter's house. And he doesn't tell him why. He just says, I want you to go and watch. And so he goes and he watches. And what he learns is, and what we learn from this little situation that took place, is that that there's a process that we're involved in with God. It's a process, and the idea is that God is transforming our lives. And we just don't change every, just in a minute's time, even though many of us, when you came to know Jesus, you recall that moment, how beautiful of a moment that was, and, and how many times, in many ways, you were changed. You know, and, but yet there's still some things, guess what, that God's still changing. And there's a, still a process that you're involved in. And we have to walk out this transformation. In fact, the book of Philippians in chapter 2, verse 12, it says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. You got to work it out. You got to work out your salvation. What does that mean? It means every day you're getting up and you're walking it out. You're working at the, the, the language that that the Philippians was written in the Greek language, it means to fashion or to bring about or to do that which gets results. You're doing something to get results. Hey, listen, if you're not getting good results, then what you're doing is not working out your salvation. Because when you work out your salvation, you get good results. I, I think I was probably privileged as a child to be able to be around people that had learned and we're learning how to walk out their salvation. And I, I was surrounded by a few people that I looked up to, and I could tell that they had a hunger and a heart for God. And as I watched their lives unfold and be lived in front of me, I could see things in their life that attracted me. I saw love, and I experienced kindness and gentleness and goodness and mercy and these things that were flowing out of their lives. And then I compared these people to others that... Obviously, we're not working out anything in their life. They were just living life. And whatever came out, came out. How many know that's not a good remedy or ingredient or way to live your life? No, I just say what I think. Well, that's why you don't have any friends. <laughs> and and, and I, I compared these that were working out their salvation, that were, were every day applying the word of God to their life, every day seeking the Lord, every day hearing from the Lord. I, I compared this group of people to this group of people. And as a result, the conclusion was, I gained some wisdom. And my, and my conclusion was, I don't think I want to be like them. I want to be like these people here. I'm going to learn how to commit myself to work out salvation with fear and trembling, and I'm going to watch God do in me what he's doing in them. I've got some good news for you this morning. Today, you can commit to work out your salvation, and the result of the process is going to be absolutely beautiful, stunning, in fact, in your life. But here's the deal. God doesn't just take you and immediately make you into this wonderful person that you want to be. There's a process. You know, you've probably seen, I know young, when I was younger, we had, you know, I was around some chickens and they were being hatched in a 
you know, incubator and all that kind of stuff. And you can see these little chickens trying to bust out of this egg, you know. And you can see a little, you know, crack and a little, and, and so much inside me wanted to just go in my fingers and just kind of help the poor guy out. But I was told you can't do that. You don't, all right, just help the little guy out. He's trying to get out. No, you can't. Why? Because, because this struggle that he's having to get out of his egg is actually creating muscle and strength that he's going to need to survive. And if you, if you try to peel back this little egg that he's trying to get out of, you're going to abort the mission. You're going to actually harm the little chicken instead of help the chicken. And let me tell you, there's times that I look at some people's lives. And I know people looked at my life at different seasons and gone, poor guy. Lord, help this guy. And, he, and, 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 and they want to like intervene, but the, the real deal was God was allowing me to work through some stuff, and it was good for me. And there's some stuff that you're going through. Can I just say it like this? It's good for you. And, and you don't need to be rescued. And you don't need someone to come in and enable you. You need to learn how to work out your salvation and allow God to come and show you how he can come and undergird you and give you strength and give you power and be your helpmeet in this time because that's what God does. He gives you the Holy Spirit and he's a helper He's, he's called your helper. He's called your comforter. He's called your parakletos, the one who walks beside you. And you got to get to know this guy, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, because he will help you in the difficult times. And he will cause you to rise up and, and, and become a person you never even dreamed possible you could ever be. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. This is, this is, a, go ahead, give God some praise. Come on, let's, let's give him some thanks for that. Again, in Philippians chapter one, verse six, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh man, he's, he's, he's committed to this process probably more committed to it than you are. I think we need to be committed to the process. And it involves a lot of times humility, doesn't it, right? It involves saying, God, you're right. God, you know, thank you for convicting me of this. Um, and I need, I'm going to change in this particular area. Thank you, Father, for still loving me. I want to give you some lessons from the potter's house real quickly this morning if the little time we have left. Number one, God has something in mind when he went to create you. He has something in mind that he wants to create from your life. He knows what your purpose is. I, I tell young people all the time, I, 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 this is like my number one message to young people. I tell them, if you want to know your purpose, because everyone, all young people are struggling to know their purpose. They're changing their majors three, four, five times in college. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know. I don't know what I should do. Should I marry him? Should I marry her? Should I do this? Should I go there? I'm like, find God and listen to what he has to say. That's all you got to do. 
because he made you and he's got a purpose for you. And if you will communicate with him, pick up the phone and start talking. Not the, you know, it's an illustration, it's an image. You're going to hear your purpose. You don't have to waste thousands of dollars changing majors left and right and figure, trying to figure out. God's got it all figured out. All you got to do is get in line with him. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You got to get in line with him. He knows what purpose it is that you're supposed to fulfill. He, get this, has already seen the finished product. Yeah, he sees you when you're 95 years old. He sees he sees everything you've done. He sees the fit. God, God, Jesus himself showed us this. He's talking to Peter and he goes, oh, he's, he, but actually he was not Peter at the time. His name was Simon. He goes, hey, Simon. His name, Simon, means vacillator, to fluctuate. You ever been around somebody like that? You never know what mood they're going to be in. You come in the house, you just got kind of quiet just to test and see what the, what the atmosphere is going to be like because they could bite your head off at any moment or they could be very happy. So you, that, was, that was Simon. And Jesus looks at this fluctuating emotional guy and he goes, you know what, Simon, Mr. Fluctuator, Mr. Vacillator, you're going to be a rock. You're going to be Peter. I'm changing your name to Peter right here. Peter means a rock. You're not going to vacillate. You're not going to be up and down. You're going to be a rock. You're going to be rock solid. And for the next three and a half years, Peter went through this process of learning how not to vacillate, but literally to be a rock. So powerful was Peter after the end of three years of walking with Jesus that when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, he went outside and he preached a fiery message and 3,000 people came to know Jesus right on the spot changed. No doubt he probably looked at himself and was like, who is this guy? I don't even know who I am anymore. I, what has happened to me? What's happened is that you spent time with Jesus and he's changed you in the process. God knows what your purpose is. And here's the main purpose that your life is supposed to do that we all share in common. And that is to bring God glory. That, 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 um, people need to look at you and go, whoa, I sense the glory of God. If they look at you and you come in their presence, they go, oh, look out, here comes Joe. Then guess what? You're probably not walking in the purpose of God. Oh, look out. You never know what she's going to say when she goes in the room. No, Psalms 86, all nations you have made will come. They're going to worship before you, Lord, and they will bring glory to your name. Amen. You'll never know your full potential if you don't experience the hand of God on your life. The hand of God must be upon your life in order for you to ever experience your full potential. Do you know how many millions, billions of people have died and gone from this earth who never experienced their full potential? Because they never experienced the hand of God. When the hand of God is upon your life, you have now the capacity to begin to walk in the full potential of God in your life. And when the potter's done with you, all people see is God's fingerprints all over you. Have you ever wanted to ask God, what are you doing? 
Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever sensed this desire inside of you? Maybe you have. Maybe you've even screamed it. Maybe you've yelled and say, what's the purpose of this? What's going on here? Well, can I just say, God, the potter has placed you on a wheel. It's called the potter's wheel. Why are you so hard on me, God? What are you doing here? This doesn't make sense. We can say that, and we probably have said it, most everybody in this room. Can I remind you of Romans chapter 9? I know you're not going to like this, but I'm just going to remind you. Verse 20, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? In other words, the clay doesn't talk back to the potter. The clay just submits to the hand of God upon his life or her life, and the clay is just content with whatever God wants to do with our lives. But let me just say this, and this will encourage you. You are not God's pastime. You are not God's hobby. You are are not something that God just does on the side when he's bored and doesn't have anything else to do, and he just plays around with your life a little bit. No, you are God's workmanship. And let me say it like that. When you're at work, one of the things that they remind you probably all the time is be alert, Pay attention, put your head down, do your job, right? I mean, what guy hires a guy and says, hey, we're going to pay you good money. We just want you to come and play. Just play, play, play. (laughs) Well, no, no, that's not, no, you work to play, not play to work. And so when God, when God is working in your life, can I just say this? His head's down. He's he's working meticulously on your life. And every little detail is important to him. He's not losing any concentration. All the focus is right here. And and he's working hard. And he's he's got a purpose. And he's fashioning this, this person, this piece of clay, just exactly the way he wants it. Some will be, you know, a little... A little, whatever this is, you know, they will be this. I don't even know what this is, but it will, they will be this. And, he, and he's got, but he sees this in his mind. And God's, and then he can see another person, he's, oh, this is a pot. We're going to make a pot. They're going to put a plant in this thing, and they're going to look good in that. And some are other things, and this is from our house, and, 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 and this is one of those things that we all have in our houses where you don't know what to do with it, so you just put it in that. This is that, this is that what that is. It, we, it's all full of all sorts of stuff. And, and, and this is, I think, for the oven. I think, I, but, but God has a purpose. He, he's, he, you're a pitcher. You may be a pot. You might be a cup. You might be a vase or a vase. But he's got a purpose for you. And he is working it out. Psalm 17. And me, I plan on looking you full in the face. And when I get up, I will see you, your full stature and live heaven on earth. My gosh, I got to read that again. And me, 
The psalmist says, I plan on looking you full in the face. And when I get up, I'm going to see your full stature and live heaven on earth. What is God doing? He's making, you know what God's making? God's making a version of himself in you. Yeah, he's making a version of himself. When I, when I see my wife, I see God. When I, when, and hopefully she sees me, a version of God. When I, when I see Michael, I, I see God. When, when, when you're around, you're talking with Gene, you see God, you're hearing God. We, God, God is building and creating something that resembles him. And he's working hard on this. And he's got some of you in some tight spots and some tight places, and you don't like it. But guess what? If you'll submit to the potter's hand, I promise you, you're going to look beautiful in the end. First John chapter 3, verse 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears... We shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. Well, yeah, when Jesus shows up, we're going to be like him. No, he's showing up right now, and you're becoming like him now. First Peter 2, you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God has a purpose for you. Number two, lessons we learn from the, from the potter's house is that God uses clay. One of the most common, ordinary substances in the earth. It's everywhere. You can find clay everywhere. You can buy it by the ton load if you want. It's so common. And it has no shape, has no form, and it really has no use unless you're trying to pack down a driveway. But God loves using things that we think in the world are worthless, doesn't he? Because clay has no capacity to make himself anything. A piece of clay doesn't jump up out of the dirt, out of the ground, and go, whoo, I'm going to become a beautiful pot. No, a clay, a clay has no ability to do and fashion anything. It's just there. And there are different types of clay. There's, there's different colors of clay. There's dry clay. There's moist clay, different shades of clay. And all of us are just clay. We're just clay. We're just we're just. Dirt. We're just dust. Aren't you glad you came this morning? You're just dirt. You're just a dirt bag. When someone says you're a dirt bag, you're right. I'm right. You're right. I'm a dirt bag. It was like a little boy. He was saying his prayers one night, and he always got on his bed, said, got on his knees, said his prayers, and he's kneeling down there at the bed. And a few minutes later, he comes into the bedroom and he says, "Mom, she said, I got a question." She said, "What's that?" He goes, "Is it true?" that um, God made us out of dust. And she goes, that's true. And she, he said, well, is it true that when we die, we go back to dust? He goes, that's true. 
She goes, what's the problem? What's, why are you asking me this question? He said, well, I don't know, but I was saying my prayers. I looked underneath my bed, and someone's either coming or going. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> something, something's going on underneath my bed. Got a person down there. Isaiah 64, verse 8, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. We used to sing an old song years ago, You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. And that is a song that stuck with me for all these years. And I think it's even making more sense to me even now. We are made of cheap, common dirt. And we're made up with flawed, fragile material. We're not made of gold. We're not made of diamonds. He didn't look for steel when he decided to send Jeremiah down to the house for a lesson. He didn't say, I want you to go down to the steel mill. I don't want you, he didn't say, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the, to the locksmith shop. I want you to go down to the jeweler where they're making all those beautiful golden and diamond rings. He said, I want you to go down to the potter's house and I want you to look at how he uses clay. Because God wants something that he can put in his hands and he can mold. Come on. So, took a little journey to Walmart and had a missionary experience and I pulled out all these little jars I'll play in fact Pete I want you to give me a hand if you can um, if you can help me just undo those things hope you can catch and uh, can you catch brother Melissa I know you can catch why don't you undo all that will you do that for me save me some time so I don't have to open all these at one time and so I got all these little pieces of Plato. Remember Plato? I mean, I love Plato. I mean, I thought Plato was the greatest thing in the earth. Once you got it open, just throw it back to me. Well, one at a time. Thank you. Awesome. Come on, my wife's going to love this. Come on, babe. Come on. I got you. Woo! See that? That's, that's, that's her arm. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And so God, God has all of this clay. And it only really becomes anything until it's in his hands. He, he wants something he can work with. He wants something malleable. You know that's a good word, right? Malleable. Something flexible. Listen, if you're stiff, if, you, if you're, you know, you can't move, this is the way it's going to be, oh, you know, forget it. You're not in the running for what God can do. God wants something that he can put his fingers on. He wants something that he can put his finger in. He wants something, because this is what happens when you have clay, that you can beat on. Come on, so how many experience there? experienced that before? Come on. God wants something that is, is humble, something that doesn't have any wish of their own, I, something that doesn't have in their own 
I've got my rights, God. There's, a, there's only certain things that I'll, I'll do, and there's some things I'm not going to do, and there's places I'll go, but there's places I won't go. Don't you ask me to go there. We learned that lesson. We were, up, we were visiting a friend of mine up in Boston, in Salem, Massachusetts, actually, and we were there, and we were driving down the road, and she said it. She says I said it, but I think she said it. We still argue about this. And, and one of us said, I'll tell you one thing, I'll never live in this place. It wasn't a year later. We were living there. <laughs> so I learned you never say never unless you want to go there. So I keep telling God every day, I'll never go to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm still not in Hawaii. I don't know. I think, I think he knows my number. But Clay has no rights, has no inherent ability. Clay is helpless unless something greater than clay can touch it. Ephesians 2, I love this passage, but don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's way had no idea of any of this, didn't know the first thing about the ways of God, the way God works. Get this, you hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel. You didn't have a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. But now, because of Christ, dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it all together are in on everything. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on, give God some praise. You, you were out of it. Before Christ, you were out of the game. No hope for you. You'll never be in the game. Once you got in the game, once you received Christ, you were in the game. And now everything comes alive. And if you'll just stay pliable, stay flexible, stay mollable, allow God to do what God wants to do, I'm telling you, he's fashioning something so beautiful, it will blow your mind. He's got something he's working on, and he's working on you. Oh, my goodness. He uses clay, and he has a purpose. And all the stuff that's going on around you, in you, by you, beside you, can I just say you can give God glory for it. And you can literally praise your way through. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Or Mandalise come, and Patrick. And you, that's why the Bible says you can praise your way through the circumstances. That's why you can, in everything, give God thanks. In everything, give God praise. In everything. Why? Because Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. I promise you, it's going to work, turn out good. Just let God do his thing. Let him, I know, it, I know what you feel in the squeeze. I know it hurts a little bit. I know it's a little painful right now. But, but listen, sweetheart, it's going to be all right. God's working on something. Trust the process. You ever heard that term? Yeah. Trust the process. This process of him putting you on the potter's wheel and turning you in circles, it's going it's to give large dividends in the end. I just feel this morning there's a few of us need to hear that. Sometimes we forget there's a process. We forget there's time involved. We forget there's seasons. We forget that 
that God really is bigger than all the stuff that's going on around us. He's bigger than a hailstorm, and a hurricane, a virus, and civil unrest, and political stuff. He is so much bigger. This is the world in his hands. We're, 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 we're flying through the orbit. Come on. And, and, and we're, we're right down there, somewhere right down there. That's you. You're like, hey! God's going, come on, seriously? You know, really? You can't trust me? I got the whole world. Remember that little nursery song we sing? I got the whole world. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. Thank you. I'm messing you all up. I apologize. She's like, that's not the right key. Uh, <laughs> he's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a second? Prayer teams, you can come to the front. I appreciate that. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor JP, I, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, to be honest with you. And what I'm hearing you talk about, I've never experienced this relationship with God, knowing God, hearing God. Maybe you have known that at one time and walked away from it. I'm here to tell you today you can come back. Today the Lord is waiting for you right here, right now. So if you would raise your hand, I would just love to say a prayer with you right where you're at. Say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior right here today. Right where you're at, would you just raise your hand in humility? I did it years ago. Most, many people in this room have done the same. Would you raise your hand? Let me see that hand. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I want to know God as my King. I want to know Him. Yeah. I want to know the Lord. I want to know the Lord. Yeah. Amen. I want to know the Lord. Anybody else? I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. Can we just all together pray this prayer, especially those who raise their hands? Would you just pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart today. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins, coming into my life, and being my Lord. I give you full control from this point on to do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for praying that prayer. God bless you. Make sure you fill out a little card, put it in that little giving box. Say, Amy, I committed my life to Jesus. For everybody else here this morning, I believe you're probably with me. You're like, man, I, I've been a little impatient with the process. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've really been impatient perhaps with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been in a situation, this weird spot where you, you, you started out believing that God was doing something but you've forgotten that. And can I just tell you, my friend, because you've forgotten that, you've gone, grown impatient and you've grown faithless. And you can't grow that way. You, you have to remain in faith, fully confident. 
God knows exactly where you are, what you're going through. If that's you this morning, you can relate to that. I would like to just right where you're at to stand on your feet. I want to pray for you. Stand with, you, stand with me on your feet. Come on. I want to commit to the process this morning. Amen. I'm going to recommit myself to the process. Amen. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Amen. It's a process. Everything's a process in God. Yeah. It's a good word. Uh, for those that are not standing, if you could just like stretch your hands towards those that are, just like extension of your faith, that would be awesome. Let me pray this prayer. Father God, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for my friends I love and I cherish here today. Lord God, we're standing we're saying, Lord, we're committing ourselves afresh to the process. If we said anything in the last <laughs> whatever, that Lord God has been impatient, Lord God has shown you that Lord God, we don't trust you, we ask you to forgive us. And we just say today, we, we, we trust you. Can, can you just say that with me? Can we all just say, I trust you, Lord? Can you just say that? I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you with all my heart. I lean not into my own understanding. With everything I have, Lord God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the potter's wheel. Thank you that you put me on this thing. Your hands are all over my life. Even though I, I may not see it sometimes, maybe I don't even recognize it, I'm confident of this one thing, that your hands are upon my life and everything that pertains to my life, my marriage, my job, my children, my finances, everything. Lord, you are totally involved in And we're thankful for that. So thankful for that. Strengthen us today with your joy, with your peace, with your contentment. In Jesus' name, amen.